your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 554 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, just a couple of minutes ago, in fact, wrapped up what I would say was probably their worst loss of the season. They fall 6-2. to to the Blues in St. Louis. Just one of those nights where absolutely nothing went right. I think something that was really ironic about this game is how it started because the Rangers got off to just a miserable start. I mean, let's call it like it is. They take three penalties in the first eight minutes of the game and the Blues got at least the first 10 shots on goal before the Rangers even had one. I'm not sure if it got any higher than that, but bottom line, uh, you're getting outshot 10 nothing. You've taken three penalties the Blues actually had uh, about a minute and 10 seconds of five-on-three time on the main advantage to work with. Despite all this, uh, the Rangers bent but didn't break on the penalty kill. You know what? They didn't even bend but didn't break. They just they didn't even bend. They actually were outstanding, I thought, on the PK here. For the five-on-three in particular, I don't think you can do it a whole lot better than the Rangers did it. Uh, Barclay Goodrow had an important clear. Ditto for K. Andre Miller. So you're thinking like, okay, this is not an ideal start, but we've seen this before from the Rangers. They can bounce back from it. Uh, they They've obviously leaned pretty heavily on their special teams units this season, and obviously the uh, PK unit was, uh, you know, getting tested early in this game, but they pass the flying colors, and you think like, okay, they're going to find their game, they're going to get it going here, uh, and it just obviously did not happen. The Blues pretty much just ran away with this game, and, you know, before I get any further into, like, the highlights, and well, not really highlights, let's, let's be honest here, pretty much just the lowlights from this game here, I first want to just talk about some of the lineup decisions here, because there are a couple of things that I think you could question a little bit. I want to talk about Dryden Hunt and his place on the second line, but we're actually going to uh, wait to get to that for, for just a little bit here. Uh, I want to start by focusing our attention on what was going on in the bottom six and the fact that Morgan Barron was once again a healthy scratch. Barron, I think, has looked fairly good the little bit of time that he's gotten to play with the Rangers this season, and he's getting healthy scratch in favor of guys like Tim Gettinger and Julian Gauthier and Johnny Brodzinski. And when you look at this lineup, not only was Tim Gettinger in the lineup over Morgan Barron, but he was actually on the third line. Tim Gettinger was on the third line left wing spot. Philip Hedl was at center. Julian Gauthier was on the right wing. And then you had a fourth line of Johnny Brodzinski centering Barclay Goodrow and Ryan Reeves. I don't have a tremendous issue with Gettinger being on the third line instead of the fourth line, because if you look at time on the ice and how these players are all being used, the fourth liners are playing more than the third liners. And that's a trend that's been uh, going on for really the last few games here. The only exception is that Philip Hedl had slightly more time on the ice than Ryan Reeves did. But besides that, uh, Goodrow and Brodzinski, they were both on the fourth line. They both had more time on the ice than any of the uh, third liners for the Rangers in this game. But uh, as for Barron, you know, I'd like to see him play. The only logical explanation I can come up with here as far as why Barron can't crack a lineup that's seen guys like Tim Gettinger become a semi-regular in the lineup and Julian Gauthier being a regular in the lineup and Johnny Brodzinski even becoming something of a regular in the lineup. The only reason why I can think of uh, as far as 
why Barron can't dress for these games is it's possible, possible that the Rangers, you know, obviously the trade deadline is coming up and they're working the phones, I'm sure, and they're trying to work on a deal. It's possible that Morgan Barron is generating some trade interest. And I'm by no means campaigning uh, for Morgan Barron to be dealt. I'm not trying to push him out the door or anything like that. But you can see where a guy like Morgan Barron would have at least some trade value. And that being the case, there might be a situation here where the Rangers don't want him to play because they don't want him to get injured. You're not going to be able to or you're going to be less likely to be able to trade Barron if he's injured. So that could be part of it. Besides that, I got nothing. I, I think Morgan Barron should probably be in the lineup in the next game, especially when you consider the fact that the Rangers have played two pretty lackluster games in a row here. They could use a little bit of a spark, maybe a little bit of a shakeup. Morgan Barron, by all accounts, has been very impressive ever since the Rangers drafted him. The organization seems pretty happy with him and his development. And again, I think he's looked pretty good the little amount of time that we've seen him play for the Rangers. He's got just a good all-around game, and uh, I think he's earned another chance, especially when you look at how these Rangers played tonight. And Gallant was not happy with his team after this game ended here. And if you're looking for a way to kind of shake things up and send a message to your players after two lackluster performances in a row, I think that's the way to do it. Shake up the lineup a little bit, uh, put somebody on the bench, and get Morgan Barron back into the lineup and see if he can't, uh, first of all, help you win and potentially maybe even uh, carve out a, a spot for himself on this team. I get the whole thing where, you know, it's possible he could get traded and they don't want him to get hurt, but... He's on your team, you know, just just put him out there. You can't play terrified like that. You know, you can't uh, wrap this guy up in bubble wrap just because there's a chance he might be involved in some kind of a trade. Uh, so that gets that out of the way, the whole lineup situation. We also got to talk about Igor Shesterkin being pulled from this game and uh, more specifically the decision by the Rangers to do so. So for starters... You know, this was very reminiscent of what happened between the Rangers and the Blues when they played each other last week. We had a situation where the Rangers were cruising. I mean, they were never cruising in this game, but they had a lead, and then you had the Blues scoring three rapid-fire goals at the end of the second period to turn the Ranger 2-0 lead into a 3-2 deficit going into the third. Now, the good news is the Rangers came storming back in that game, won the game. That was awesome to see, one of the better wins of the season, but... In this game, it obviously didn't happen, and, you know, these goals were so rapid fire that, I mean, I had a hard time processing everything that was happening. My head was spinning after the Blues scored all these goals in the first period here. But going back and looking at all four of the goals that the Blues scored against Igor Shesterkin, I wanted to see them all again and see, like, okay, were any of these really on Igor Shesterkin? Was he having an off night? Uh, as they were happening live, I kind of felt like that was not the case and that the Rangers were kind of letting him down as far as uh, just having defensive lapses and making it way, way too easy for the Blues to be able to get to the front of the Ranger net. The, the Rangers did everything but roll out the carpet for these Blues players in this game as it pertains to you know them basically just being able to set up shop in front of the Ranger net. But I went goal by goal here. The first goal scored by Thomas. It was a give and go. Uh, beautiful passing by the Blues. Three rapid fire passes to be exact. The Rangers could have defended this better, but uh, you got to give some credit here. The Blues came storming into the Rangers zone. And like I said, three beautiful rapid fire passes. No goalie in hockey is going to stop this one, nothing Blues. So we're not going to put that one on Igor. The second goal came from Barbashev and he was wide open in front of the Ranger net. And that goes back to what I just mentioned a second ago. The Rangers made it way too easy for the Blues to basically just set up shop in front of the Ranger net and do whatever they wanted to do on this night. And not just on the goals. I mean, this was a, a trend even in situations where the Blues didn't score. But Barbashev does score on this particular instance here. Like I said, he's all by himself. It's funny because Lindgren was on him. You know, he had him covered. And then 
Lindgren kind of left his post for some reason. And I think, you know, watching this replay, he was looking to meet Saad as Saad was coming around the other side of the net with the puck and then was taken by surprise when Saad instead passed in front. Saad really kind of sold that he was going around the net and then made that pass. Uh, Barbashev was wide open, but Lindgren's got to be better than that. And just like that, it's 2 nothing, And that one's not on Igor Shesterkin either. The third goal, Thomas again, uh, basically every single rain. This was really bad. Every single reindeer on the ice is either puck watching and or reaching for the puck. Everybody's just kind of flailing. They're off balance. They're out of position. Just not good enough. Not good enough defense. Igor got absolutely no help on that one. And then the fourth goal, this is the one that happened just 15 seconds into the uh, second period. And, you know, the Rangers, it's funny because they got one back at the end of the first period. Strom scored. It's 3-1. to one. Obviously not a good first period, but it gives you a little bit of hope. Maybe we can scratch and claw our way back into this game. You're excited for the second period. And then 15 seconds in, it's 4-1. to one. And this basically happened because... Mika Zibanejad just fell flat on his face, which is obviously not like him. He's one of the absolute best two-way centers in this league. I've been saying that all season, and I will continue to say it. Uh, just, again, uh, a rare miscue by Mika. He was skating away with the puck. He was kind of in front of the Ranger net and just fell on his face, and the puck went to the Blues. They score from the slot area. It's 4-1, to or 4-1, excuse me. And uh, Gallant pulls Igor Shesterkin out of the game. And so I'm not so sure that he really needed to do that, that he really should have done that, especially when you consider the way that Alex Georgiev has played recently. I mean, do you really think that Georgiev is going to step into this game and, uh, you know, shut them down the rest of the way? I mean, he did okay, but the way he's played lately, excuse me, it doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence. And I think if the Rangers were going to come back and win this game, even after Igor gave up four goals, he was still uh, the best option and would have given the Rangers the best chance to, like I just said, come back and win this game. But this is what Gallant had to say after the game about his decision to pull Igor Shesterkin. You hope you wake your guys up. It didn't really, but they should be embarrassed. The way this guy plays for them all year, and then they come out tonight and play like that after a game in Minnesota that we weren't too good in. And he's absolutely right. I mean, the Rangers, you know, they kind of had Igor's back not too long ago. It was actually this same St. Louis Blues team, the first matchup. You know, Igor had that rough period in the second period where he gave up the three quick goals, and then the Rangers came storming back for him in the uh, third period there. But, yeah, Rangers have to be better for this guy. We've talked about how he's the Vesna frontrunner by a mile and should even be in the Hart Trophy con consideration. But, uh, yeah, the Rangers just were not good enough for him in this game. Just did not do anything to help him whatsoever. And uh, he gets yanked, and Alex Georgiev goes in. We're going to continue breaking down everything that happened in this game in just a second here. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
All right, just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Couple of quick positives from this game, because even in a game as bad as this and as unfun as this game was to watch, I think you can always, if you look close enough, you can always pull out at least one or two positives. So we're going to start with the fact that uh, Igor Shesterkin, obviously rough night, and uh, you know we just had the whole debate about whether he... Should have been pulled from this game. I really don't think he should have been, but he was. And, uh, you know, that was unfortunate. He was obviously upset about that. But he does get his first assist of the season on the goal by Ryan Strom. Uh, Adam Fox basically carried the puck up the ice. Fox did just about everything here. Uh, He gained the blue line on the left side, drifted back over to his right, kind of drew the blues toward him, and then passed back to his left. And Ryan Strom scored from in deep uh, to cut the blues lead to three to one near the end of the first period there. But Igor, a while back, I remember there was like a post-game interview and he was joking that uh, the Rangers were stealing some of his assists because, you know, there were a couple of instances where he would pass the puck out of the Rangers zone, make a nice pass, kind of get the ball rolling. And the Rangers would end up scoring as a result of that, but by the time they put the puck in the net, uh, you know, a lot more Rangers had touched the puck, and so obviously Igor couldn't get the assist, so he was joking about that a while back, but uh, yeah, I guess that is uh, the silverest of silver linings here, is that Igor Shesterkin actually got on the score sheet in a game that he did not finish, uh, one of the rare games that was not an exceptional game for Igor Shesterkin, and then Keandre Miller with his fifth goal of the season. You've got Fox passing to Panarin. Panarin from along the boards passes to his left, and uh, Miller is there for just a beautiful tip-in goal. Uh, About eight minutes or so remaining in the second period, and both of those goals kind of lead me into a bigger point that I wanted to make is it was another good night for the Rangers on special teams. Uh, They went two for three on their power play. The Blues went 0 for three. And of course, the Rangers stayed out of the penalty box uh, for the most part after, you know, that, that really rough start that they had there. But yeah, this still was not a very good game. And there is definitely something that we absolutely must talk about here. And it's something that I talked a little bit in the Locked On Now video that I put up just a short time ago. And it's also something that I mentioned very briefly in the intro of this episode. And that is the situation with Dryden Hunt continuing game after game after game after game to be penciled in to that second line right wing spot. That spot in the Ranger lineup where there's just just been a revolving door over the past couple of years here. And let me preface this entire thing by saying that I like Dryden Hunt. I I really like his greediness, his toughness, his willingness to fight for the puck along the boards, his willingness to literally fight. As we saw tonight, he got into a a dust-up that we'll talk about in a little bit here. But this can't go on. And I get the feeling that, you know, whoever the Rangers end up going with on the second-line right-wing spot in the playoffs, assuming that they make the playoffs— is probably not even on the roster right now. I do think there's going to be a trade made, and I do think you're going to see a little bit of a shakeup there. But, you know, Dryden Hunt, he's had his chances, and he's doing the best he can. Like I talked about the other the other day when we did an episode, Dryden Hunt just scored his fourth goal of the season, and that's a career high for him. That's a new career high from your second-line right winger. And it just goes back to what I was talking about before. You know, we... we Talked about this as it pertains to the third line, but I feel like, you know, a lot of these Ranger players, these marginal, you know, uh, players that are on the Rangers, these guys that are kind of depth pieces, there should basically just be an open tryout between now and the playoffs as far as guys claiming certain roles on this team. But as it pertains to the second line right wing spot, it is time for somebody else to be given a chance. I think any of the following players, Philip Heedle, Barclay Goodrow, Julian Gauthier, Johnny Brodzinski, it's time to move one of them onto the second line with Strom and with Panarin. And 
You know, with Heedle, he actually looked pretty good tonight. He was one of the few Rangers that I thought actually had a pretty solid night. He created a couple of scoring opportunities out of nothing. Uh, there was one instance where, you know, he gained the blue line and basically just weaved his way between about three players on the blues. I want to say he definitely drew a penalty on either this one, the, the play that I just described, or the one that I'm about to describe, where he basically just went flying in up the right side, drove hard to the net, got tripped up, and uh, fell into the net. I believe that was the one where he drew the penalty. But Heedle actually looked, you know, solid in this game. You play him on the second line, he's out there with much better line mates. Maybe that gets him going a little bit. Maybe we can finally uh, start to see Philip Heedle produce at the level that you'd like to get out of a former first-round draft pick. And maybe... He benefits from the fact that he would now be playing on the right wing instead of being stuck at center. We've been over this and over this. I do think Filipino is much more suited for the right wing. Uh, so he'd be my top choice right now. I think in the next game, you got to try something different because Dryden Hunt, I like him. He plays his tail off. He is not an NHL second line right winger, at least not yet. And I believe he's 26 years old and he just doesn't play that style game. He's a good, hard-nosed fourth line type player. He is not a top six forward. Uh, but if you don't want to go with Heedle, if you're of the belief that the Rangers need to have, you know, some muscle on the second line, some physicality, you know, Panarin and Strom, not the biggest guys on the ice, not the most physical guys on the, on the ice. I think we can all agree on that. So if you really feel like the Rangers need a grinder on the second line, and I don't even necessarily agree with that. I mean, you could go that way. It's definitely an option. I don't think it's a necessity. But if you really feel like that's how the Rangers have to do this, then put Barclay Goodrow on the second line. Goodrow is having the best offensive season of his NHL career. And this is somebody that, you know, throughout most of his career, the different stops that he's had, he's somebody that can move up and down the lineup pretty freely and, uh, you know, be an effective player. So to me, if, if you want the big physical type, then you've got a better option in Barclay Goodrow. Barclay Goodrow was on the fourth line tonight. And I realize, you know, again, the fourth line, he, he got a good amount of ice time. And the fourth line is playing more often than the uh, third line currently is. But be that as it may, you've got Barclay Goodrow having the best offensive season of his career, and he's on the fourth line. And you've got Dryden Hunt, who can't really do anything offensively, and he's on the second line. Something doesn't quite add up there. And Barclay Goodrow, uh, for the record, 17 minutes and 48 seconds of ice time tonight. So it's not like he's not seeing the ice. In fact, he was second among Ranger forwards, only to Artemi Panarin, most time spent on the ice. But I would like to see Barclay Goodrow uh, get a chance there, or Philip Hedl, or if you really just want to get random and pull a name out of a hat and just say, what the hey, let's see if we can, you know, get this line going a little bit, get a little bit of an improvement on this line, then go with somebody like Gautier or Brodzinski. We know Gautier has been struggling offensively. We know Brodzinski is a career minor leaguer, but at some point, you just got to try something else, just for the sake of trying something else. And here's one other thing about Hunt tonight. You know, there were a lot of people who, in the first period, and it's still scoreless at this point, keep that in mind, and the Rangers had just killed off all those penalties— he goes in, Hunt, that is. He goes in with Ryan Strom on a two-on-one. He's up the left side. He passes to Strom to his right. Strom makes an excellent pass back to his left to Hunt. Hunt's got a tip-in goal right there from the doorstep. And, yes, Vili Huso made an outstanding save on this. He went sliding back to his right, uh, stretched out his leg, made a great skate save, kept the puck out. But... Be that as it may, Dryden Hunt still had, like, a quarter of the net was wide open. He still had a, a really big window there from point-blank range to put the puck into the net, and he shot it basically right into Huso's pads. So, yes, it was a great save by Huso, but had Hunt placed his shot a little bit better, there's no way Huso was getting to it. So, again, this is not—the purpose of this is not to kill Dryden Hunt. You know, I, I like him. Again, I think he's a, a solid NHL fourth-line player, somebody who obviously works very hard, but it's time for a little bit of a shakeup on that second line. So— 
We're going to continue talking about everything that happened in this game in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering, information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I was talking to quite a few of you guys on Twitter tonight. You know, I was tweeting throughout this game. Big shout out to, uh, let's see, David, Josh, Mike, Abe, uh, everybody else. Sorry if I missed anybody. Um, But, you know, obviously we were kind of just going through this loss together here tonight. And I do want to uh, give a shout out to David because uh, I thought he made a great point. And it's something that I want to talk about uh, right here, right now with you guys. He was responding to one of my tweets, and he just said, sometimes I forget how young this team is. Tonight is a harsh reminder. And he's absolutely right, and I think that's really a credit to the New York Rangers themselves because it is easy to forget how young they are. This was the third youngest team in the NHL coming into the season. Obviously, teams make moves. Guys get you know called up to the NHL, sent down to the AHL, traded, whatever it might be. That stuff can always fluctuate. But coming into the season, third youngest team in the NHL, and they don't show it that often because they tend to compete really hard on a nightly basis. They tend to bounce back nicely from losses. They tend to put their best foot forward in the third period when it's all on the line. And I don't know. I mean, to me, this is a team that just uh, seems wise beyond its years when you consider everything that I just mentioned there. So, uh, David's absolutely right about this. It's very, very easy to forget about this, uh, just how young they really are. Um, You just hope that they can bounce back from this because, again, like I just mentioned a second ago, one of their strengths has been bouncing back from difficult defeats this season. They obviously didn't do that tonight because they didn't play so well against the Minnesota Wild either. They obviously lost that game 5-2. to two. The good news about all this is that if the Rangers do indeed bounce back, which I have to believe they will because they've done so far more often than not this season after a difficult loss, but if they bounce back, On Saturday night against the Dallas Stars, that game's being played in Dallas at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. If they win that, then they've gone 2-2 on this four-game road trip, a road trip that involves them playing some pretty tough opponents. I mean, let's be real here. I know the Wild have been struggling. They're a far better team than they've shown. Uh, The Blues are pretty close to tops in their division. believe they're in second place. The Stars are, you know, in the playoff mix. I believe they're either like the last team in or the first team out right about now. The Jets have struggled, and, you know, the Rangers took care of business against them, but this is not easy. You know, this is not an easy road trip for the Rangers, and I would also say that as recently as maybe just last year, certainly two years ago, if you looked at the schedule and you saw that the Rangers were on a four-game road trip, especially, you know, out west and, you know, doing all this traveling and playing quality playoff caliber opponents— and I told you that they could go two and two on the road trip, most of us probably would have signed up for that in two seconds. Now two and two almost sounds a little bit underwhelming, but if they beat the Stars, it's two and two, and it's far from a disastrous road trip. Uh, Obviously, there are things that this team needs to do a lot better, but you can come out of this, once again, four-game road trip relatively unscathed if you beat Dallas and salvage it with a record of two and two. Just want to also give a shout out to Dryden Hunt for, you know, being willing to fight somebody bigger than him. He dropped the gloves with Mikola tonight, and uh, this happened. You know, Mikola, 
approach Hunt, but Hunt seems to be the guy that took it up to the next level and uh, was ready, willing, and able to fight. Obviously, it would seem trying to give a spark to the Rangers. You know, they were down 4-1 to one at this time in the second period, but clearly it didn't work because the Blues end up scoring very shortly after this to make it 5-1. Georgiev basically just fell on his butt trying to make the save. I, I There's no other way to describe it. I'm not trying to be mean here. It's literally what happened. Um, the Blues are moving the puck around. There was actually a delayed penalty against the Rangers. The Blues held onto the puck for about an hour and a half here. Just kept passing. Rangers were tired. They couldn't get to the puck, couldn't gain possession of it. They put the shot on net, and Georgiev, I don't know what happened. He fell flat on his butt. The puck went into the net. And that's just kind of how it's gone lately for Alex Georgiev. You got to hope that better days are ahead for him. Uh, and then, you know, it goes to 6-1. to one, A shot deflects off of Nemeth's skate and goes into the net. That one's not on Georgie. Uh, when it rains, it pours, though. And at that point, it's 6-1. to one, And uh, there really wasn't a whole lot of hope. Obviously, you know, the Rangers, they did score on the power play. Uh, that really nice tipping goal, Panarin to Miller. That happened near the end of the second period. And toward the end of the second period, I would say, was probably uh, the Rangers' best chunk of play in the game the last maybe like eight minutes or so. It felt like they were at least spending a little bit more time in the St. Louis side of the net. Got a couple of chances. Truba had a chance in deep. Hedo uh, got behind the defense in the final seconds, but he was denied by Huso on the doorstep. There's another example of Hedo. I thought Hedo, again, probably, and I know this is setting the bar pretty low in a game like this, but I thought he played about as well or better than any forward on the Rangers did in this game, and I'm just hoping that he gets rewarded with a spot in the second line the next one. Not to rehash the whole thing we just talked about, but if there's ever a time to really just kind of sink or swim with Philip Hedl in a top six role, this is it. There's no Kako. There's no Kravtsov. The guys that were here last year aren't here. We don't have to rehash that whole thing either. Sammy Blay is still not available, so what the hey? Just give Philip Hedl a chance on the second line. I don't really see the downside in doing so. Not really a whole lot happened in the third period, but there is one play that happened fairly early uh, that I got to call some attention to here. I tweeted about this as well. I was talking to a couple of you guys about this uh, also, but Julian Gauthier gets a breakaway opportunity in the first few minutes here, goes in with a ton of speed, looks like he's going to make a move. Now, Vili Husso did make a really nice pad save, but Julian Gauthier, once again, completely incapable of finishing this opportunity in deep against the goalie. I'm at the point where I'm almost in awe of it. You would think by accident, by coincidence, Julian Gauthier on this play at least once or twice this season by now would have found a way to get this puck past a goalie. He just cannot finish. This guy is incapable of finishing his scoring opportunities. And this is somebody that you know, coming into the season, and even last year, I talked about him a little bit. I kind of thought he was still a little bit of a dark horse for the Rangers. I hadn't given up on him. You know, I I just looked at his numbers from the AHL. I see these little flashes from time to time. You know, he's got this intriguing combination of strength and speed that's, you know, kind of rare, not ultra rare, but kind of rare among players in the NHL. You'd think that there's certainly at least some upside, if nothing else, and maybe there still is, but my God, this guy cannot finish a scoring opportunity. He can't do it. Like, I, it, it's just maddening because, again, you know, he goes in, and I'm at the point where, you know, oh, man, who's this guy coming in on the breakaway? And it's Gauthier, and I'm just, I'm still holding out hope. I'm hoping against hope that this is going to be the time. This is going to be the time where he just completely makes a ridiculous move, slips the puck past the goalie, scores, and then maybe, you know, the dam breaks a little bit. Maybe he relaxes a little bit, and maybe he starts converting on some of these scoring opportunities. But it just doesn't happen. Like, I... I don't even know what to say about it at this point. I, I've been through this. We've been through this together. We, we've talked about how he gets these opportunities and he just cannot finish them. 
I don't know how else to describe it. I don't know what other angle to take as it pertains to Gautier's inability to finish these scoring opportunities. I still have my fingers crossed. I'm still pulling for him. I hope he can find a way to eventually become a productive member of this New York Ranger team. But again, he's part of that much maligned third line for the Rangers that just isn't doing enough. And you know, the trade deadline's coming up. We're what, about a week and a half away now? This third line could look very, very different after that trade deadline comes and goes. And Julian Gauthier could be one of the casualties. And at this point, I couldn't even blame the Rangers for it. I, I want to see him succeed. I want to see him do well. I want to see him convert on some of these scoring opportunities. But it just is not happening. I have to face facts at a certain point here. How many games are we into the season? Closing in on 60. Hasn't happened. Hasn't happened in previous years. Can't finish scoring opportunities. And I again, I hope he proves me wrong. And I hope he eventually is able to you know, chip in offensively. But it hasn't happened. It just has not happened. Obviously, this game ends, and I'm very well aware of the fact that this was not a good night for any of the players and the Rangers. And I also want to acknowledge something that I've acknowledged in the past, and that is that plus-minus is very much a flawed stat. It is not perfect. It doesn't always tell you the story of what happened in the game. But when you look at this and you see that the Ranger top line of Kreider and Mika and Lafreniere combined to be minus 10 on the night, like, wow, your eyebrows go up for that. And obviously, look, they're they're all out there together, so it stands to reason that if one of them has a bad plus-minus, they probably all have a bad plus-minus. Um, but then also, the Ranger top defense pairing, Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren, a minus 8 combined. So that's shocking, and, you know, the Rangers, again, we've been over this too, but they're very reliant on their best players. It's a very top-heavy roster right now, so the Rangers' best players, for them to have any kind of a shot come playoff time, they need to play like the Rangers' best players, and I think they will. Again, this is just kind of a hiccup. These last two games here, the Rangers all season have not lost three consecutive games in regulation. Fingers crossed that that trend doesn't start on Saturday against the Stars, but obviously, for a team that relies so much on its stars, they need their their top guys to just quite simply be better than this. They need the whole team to be better than this. I think that pretty much goes without saying after a performance like this. Uh, but I figure we could pretty much call it there. Thank you guys again for tuning in to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to be breaking down everything that happens between the Rangers and the Stars on the final game of this four-game road trip. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.